It's another day, and I'm glad you're here. Welcome back to Iowa's Newsworthy Past. The following episode includes items published in the Spirit Lake Beacon in Spirit Lake, Iowa on Friday, August 25th, 1882. The Abused Doctors The Mitchell County Press faithfully portrays one feature of the life of a physician that is shamefully true. We commend it to the many delinquents that may read it, after it is copied into our exchanges, for we can hardly suppose that any of our readers are among the class named. Quote, Of all professions, none suffer so much annoyance and go on profitless missions as the medical fraternity, called out of bed at unreasonable hours by irresponsible people who make their demands on a physician as if they had him hired by the year. If he don't respond to their call, he is styled an inhuman wretch without any commiseration for a suffering brother. He may be ill himself or his family, but no excuse is taken. Come along, it is only two miles, is sometimes the consistent demand. He may be tired and weary on account of his daily visits. He may need a little rest, but, like the wicked, he is supposed to know no rest. It very often occurs that people who so eagerly ask his assistance care not whether he is recompensed for his services or not. If they get well, that is the last of it. Doctors do a great deal of gratuitous work, little of which is known to the world. They are expected to answer promptly, but their reimbursements come in very slowly and repeatedly never. When we look at this side of the question, is it any wonder that physicians are a little dilatory in answering transient calls? This is a fair way to review the case. And the more we think of it, the more are our medical gentlemen entitled to their dues. Iowa Items Iowa Falls has a 14-year-old mother with a babe six months old. Dee Donnell of Oskaloosa is the proud father of his 17th child. A Des Moines coal firm has contracted for 1,300 carloads of coal to be shipped to one firm in Dakota. Four saloons have gone out of existence in Clinton since the amendment was adopted, and none others have been started to fill their places. Governor Gear estimates that the Iowa and Colorado Consolidated Mining Company's mines in Colorado, of which he is president, will yield from $40 to $50 per month. A relic of a former age in the shape of a stone axe weighing 11 pounds, was recently found in Jefferson Township, Johnson County. William Dyer of Council Bluffs has just taken out his seventh marriage license. He buried each of his six previous wives. He is 58 years of age, and his new wife is 40. The Iowa boy giant, Master Warner of Atlantic, will be on exhibition at the Nebraska State Fair. He is only four years old and weighs nearly 400 pounds. 
A buck's horn has been found in Benton County at a depth of 20 feet under the ground. From the nature of the ground, the horn must have been deposited there at a time too remote almost for comprehension. James Wilson says there are $100 million invested and 50,000 persons employed in manufacturing industries in Iowa. At Fredericksburg, one day recently, two women, Mrs. Colliman and Miss Kerr, armed themselves each with a black snake whip and gave Dr. Toby 40 lashes therewith. The doctor had them arrested and fined $10 each and costs. The man of pills had cast some reflections on the ladies, hence the chastisement. The Illinois Central and Northwestern Railroads have been cutting on freights from Chicago to Webster City for the last two weeks. The rates are now as follows. First class freight, 20 cents. Second class, 15 cents. Third and fourth class is 10 cents. The former rate on first class freight was 90 cents per 100 pounds. W.B. Cromwell, manager of the Buena Vista Creamery, has just shipped his fifth full carload of butter from Storm Lake since the opening of the season. Each car contains 600 tubs or about 28,000 pounds. According to these figures, at least 140,000 pounds of butter have been shipped from this one creamery this year already. All has been sent to New York City. Before W.M. Smith, J.P. Owing to planetary disturbances or some other cause equally mysterious, a series of misunderstandings in this county have compelled Squire Smith to grind out justice in job lots this week. On Monday, Aaron Dixon was asked to show cause why he should not pay a certain sum claimed as wage by one Millen Howard, and it being the opinion of the court that the law was on Howard's side by a considerable majority, judgment was rendered in his favor. On Tuesday, Mr. and Mrs. Harmon Parsons, who have lived in Newcomer's Edition since last spring, were arrested upon an information filed by Dr. Baxter charging them with the cruel treatment of their adopted daughter, Grace Parsons, about 12 years old. Circumstantial evidence given by neighbors was so strongly corroborative of the charge that the justice's duty to bind them over seemed plain enough. A bond of $100 to ensure their appearance at the next term of the district court was required. Yesterday, the little girl in question came to this office and insisted on having a hearing in these premises, and we can do no less than grant the request. Gracie says that she has lived in the family as long as that she can remember that Mr. and Mrs. Parsons have been good to her and that she has been punished, but not cruelly, nor more than she deserved, that she has not been obliged to work beyond her strength, that the Parsons' treatment of her has been as kind as that given by parents to their own children. She expressed great sorrow over the trouble she had brought upon her foster parents and emphatically blamed herself for being induced to appear against them 
and others for interfering in the matter. The girl positively denied that she had been forced to make this report to clear Mr. and Mrs. Parsons, but insisted that she was simply anxious to do justice to them. We report this case as it comes to us, and the reader is at liberty to draw his own conclusions. Last month, 2,276 acres of land in Silver Lake Township was purchased of the Sioux City and St. Paul Railroad Company by Judge H.B. Allen, President of the First National Bank of Waterloo, and W.T. Whitney of the same city. Mr. Whitney has taken personal possession of the property and is now a permanent resident of Silver Lake. It is his intention to embark extensively in the stock business and has for several weeks past been securing hay and other essentials to the enterprise. He is evidently imbued with a good stock of practical enthusiasm and the Beacon is willing to take chances on his becoming a good citizen and an important acquisition to the material interest of Dickinson County. Died, Vaughn. In this town, on the 23rd instant, Irving M. Vaughn, aged 40 years. The grim messenger seldom comes more unexpectedly than in this case. Mr. Vaughn had just retired for the night. His wife, at some distance, heard him utter a strange sound, and looking that way, saw him make a convulsive motion with his arms, and approaching, found that life was already extinct. The local doctors say that death was caused by the rupture of a blood vessel. Deceased was little known in this community, having but recently come from Madison, Wisconsin. He was married three hours previous to his demise.